A good Wednesday morning, and thanks so much for joining me. I'm Evan Gray. Lots of texts coming in from the Regina area and southern Saskatchewan saying, please remind drivers to throw their lights on. It is foggy out there. Pretty typical when we start to see warm temperatures like this. Fog is often the consequence that we see. Absolutely hurting visibility in parts of the province. So keep that in mind. Highway Hotline has the up-to-date conditions you can check on, but for the most part, we're hearing road conditions are good, but it's the visibility still this late in the morning continues to be a bit of a challenge. So keep that in mind. Well, January 18th was the deadline for businesses to repay their Canada Emergency Business Account loans, those SIBA loans. According to the federal government, about a quarter of the businesses in Canada we're not able to meet that deadline. I'm curious to know what that translates to here at home. So I wanted to check in today with Keith Moen, who is the executive director of the North Saskatoon Business Association. Joins me now from Saskatoon. Talk about this troubling statistic. Keith, thanks for taking the call. My pleasure, Evan. Thank you so, for the opportunity. The, the feds have talked about 25% roughly of businesses were unable to repay that SIBA loan. Are you seeing that here in Saskatchewan and, and in the area that you represent in Saskatoon? For sure. There's been challenges across the board. Uh, you know, we don't have the exact data in terms of what the actual statistics are, but I can certainly say anecdotally that there are businesses that have uh, for sure been unable to uh, get the financing in place to repay that uh, funding, whether it come from their own uh, capital from reserves that they've been able to do over the past few years in terms of their business activity or to uh, qualify for a loan from another lender. Uh, which is troubling because if uh, they're not qualifying for loans from other lenders, then uh, then that means that this loan or this uh, uh, SIBA account is likely going to end up in default because uh, if they can't qualify at this point, they're likely you know in a in a challenging position business wise, and it's uh, it's not boding well for the future. There was you know I I think about the friends that I have that own businesses that that received the loan. A lot of them tried their best not to touch it. Their goal was, it's there if I need it. Uh, some of them were successful, but others were not. And this is a bit of a unique situation. If I think about it, business owners you know, tend to be capitalists by nature, don't rely on government handouts. And so this is a bit of a kind of an unexpected way to interact with the federal government. And it's, I think it speaks to the challenges that businesses have had over the last few years. Absolutely, and, and let's not forget like the circumstances and conditions that were in place that first warranted the, the need for this type of uh, right. financing to be in place. Like the government shut business down all across the country, and uh, you know everyone was forced to um, sit at home and, and do nothing. And, and meanwhile, bills were still coming in. And so that's the ironic part is that even though the business was shut down, uh, the expenses did not stop. You know, rent payments, lease payments, etc., insurance payments, all these things that are capital costs, overhead costs for businesses. Um, kept on carrying on, and so these carrying costs just piled on and piled on, and, and then what happened as these um, restrictions and whatnot were removed, you know, bit by bit, and businesses were actually able to get back into being in business, um, we certainly saw that they weren't uh, getting back to the pre-pandemic level, levels, and, they, and still to this day, many of them are not back to the pre-pandemic levels. And yet, you know, on top of that, you know, the, the perfect storm of, of uh, challenges as we've seen the inflationary costs and and labor issues and things like that that have also been piling on to business. And, and let's not forget that small business, like you talk about, you know, there's this interaction with government. We don't like government interaction a lot because, uh, quite frankly, it's it's more often than not a challenge to, to overcome what uh, government regulations or government restrictions are in place. And so, you know, there would be a, a preference to have as little interaction with government as possible because business people just like to do what they do, which is to 
get on with their daily activities and, and uh, generate opportunities, generate income, generate jobs, generate uh, GDP, and um, for the betterment of everyone. So it's uh, it's been challenging, to, to say the least. Keith Moen, my guest this morning, Executive Director of the North Saskatoon Business Association. So you, you kind of spoke to this a little bit. I think many people who are not in the business world literally think we're free and clear of COVID. And and that was a time in our life we lived through, but we're through it, and, and it's onward and upward. In the business world, I hear that we're far from through what I would call the effects of that shutdown. Would you say that's accurate? Absolutely, and particularly in the small and medium-sized businesses like the mom-and-pop shops, and particularly those in the um, um, entertainment or hospitality, um, recreation type of activities or businesses, I should say, they um, have felt it the worst and during the pandemic, and, and they're the ones that are um, you know, the last to come out of the pandemic as well in terms of the restrictions being lifted, bowling alleys and so forth, um, you know, the casinos even. These are, are uh, all businesses that uh, prior to the pandemic were uh, quite strong, quite uh, viable, quite, uh, you know, voluminous in terms of the amount of them across the, the larger centres particularly, but uh, across the province. But nonetheless, um, they are still experiencing difficulty and challenges uh, first and foremost. And that's uh, a problem because, um, you know, we have, um, uh, you know, the vast majority, over 90% of our businesses in the province are small businesses, and that's uh, um, the lifeblood of our economy. And so if these businesses are having challenges, uh, that's going to mean, um, you know, there's the potential for default, there's the potential for um, for them to be going out of business, and then, of course, the, there'd be all those job losses in addition to the actual business being um, closed. So it's, uh, it's going to be problematic for the economy as a whole if, if we're not able to see our way through this. In many ways, it's uh, it feels like a bit of a perfect storm, and I'm not using that in a good context when it comes to businesses, Keith. Keith Mullen, my guest this morning from the North Saskatoon Business Association. And what I'm leaning into next is is the notion of the carbon tax. So we talk on the show a fair bit about carbon tax and how it affects us, and of course, carbon tax coming off home heating bills, the decision the provincial government made. I had a business in Saskatoon share their energy bill with me. And of course, uh, you know, I'm not going to mention the business, but I would, I'd say they're a small business. They have a monthly energy bill of $1,200, roughly 1200 bucks on there. The, the portion that is carbon tax and then the carbon tax on the, or sorry, the GST on the carbon tax amounted to just over $400. So a third of their bill is carbon tax. Are you hearing from the members of your business association that this is a hardship for them? Oh, absolutely. And then this speaks to the inflationary costs. Like the, the carbon tax is, not, you know, not only on the energy bills, but it's essentially on everything that we're doing because um, every supplier, every vendor, every um, every every business interaction that, that you have, there is a carbon cost attached to what they are doing, what they are providing. And so it's, it's being tied in. It's a hidden cost on virtually everything that's taking place in business. And so uh, the fact that the, the energy bills and power bills have it broken out so you can see it's just, it's just a reflection, like, you know, the fuel costs are, are you know, getting up there as well. So it's, uh, um, when I'm talking about petroleum fuel, it, it's everywhere, it's prevalent, and it is, um, it's just starting. Like, we're going higher. We're going up to $170 a ton, a metric ton for uh, carbon tax by 2030. So, um, you know, hang on to your boots because it's going to be a rough ride. 
Keith Moen, the executive director of the North Saskatoon Business Association. So at budget last year, we followed budget very closely in both Saskatoon and Regina. Saskatoon, there was the suggestion by a councillor that there needed to be an increase in business tax for the city. What does that do for you and your team in terms of strategy when you hear something like that? Well, first of all, it's discouraging to hear because like in the budget debate, it was just, uh, you know, uh, taking from Paul to pay Peter kind of thing in the sense that there wasn't going to be a change in terms of uh, the actual uh, payment structure in terms of what the city was going to be receiving in terms of uh, mill rate funding. Um, so it's just making businesses pay more, and that's just, to me, an, an uneducated view in terms of how um, how important businesses are to the community and, and the viability of a community. Like, people come for, to a community for jobs and opportunity. They come to the province for jobs and opportunity and presently, Saskatchewan has, uh, you know, in spite of what I've been saying here, um, we're looking to a fairly bright future down the road because of all the major industrial uh, advancements that are taking place, particularly in the mining and agricultural sectors. Um, but it's going to take some time to get there, and it's going to take people to get there. That's our biggest challenge right now is that we don't have the current labor pool to uh, to substantiate the number of jobs that are going to be available here in the next 10 years, and so we're going to need people to be moving here. And when we have uh, councillors talking about making it more um, uh, challenging, more you know, less profitable for businesses because they're going to be paying more tax. That, that's a challenge because it seems to me that there's a, just a, a misunderstanding because business has X amount of dollars. Like the pie is only so big. And so, you know, preferably they would have more money to pay their employees or more money to do capital investments or more things that will actually generate um, profit or GDP or, or what have you, tax income, tax revenue for the province or the city. Um, but when the... the City is saying, you know, we're going to take more of that pie because we think that you can afford it. Um, that's problematic because it's going to take away from all these other things that businesses should be investing in. So on that notion, uh, Keith Moon is the executive director of the North Saskatoon Business Association. So Keith, in your role, this is an election year, both provincially and uh, in cities. And so... In fact, we have a press conference or a media conference called for 1.30 today with the mayor in Saskatoon. We don't know what it is. There's speculation. It will be an announcement whether he's running or not. So, you know, indications are starting to slowly evolve that, yeah, we're winding up for an election. What does that mean for your team? What's your role in an election year on behalf of the businesses that you represent? Well, first and foremost, we're going to be involved with the Get Out the Vote campaign just because uh, business people uh, are, are notoriously um, famous for, um, you know, going to work and, and working hard and, and then not necessarily taking the time off during Election Day or even during the uh, advanced polling opportunities to go out and make that vote. And uh, that's a problem because we often hear about, you know, the, the silent majority, you know, and, and how they're not being um, represented well. Well, here's the opportunity to absolutely do that, to get out and vote and make sure that um, you, you mark your X for whichever candidate, whichever ideology that you prefer, um, and then ideally with one that would be a, a business-friendly council or, or a mayor or um, government at the provincial level that would in turn, you know, what, what we advocate for is one of two things. It's for business, or rather for governments, to do things that are beneficial for business, or number two is for them to not do things that are harmful to business. And that's really what it boils down to. And so if we have those two um, parameters in place, then, then we're happy as a lobbying organization. And, and there are issues that come up from time to time that, that challenge that and, and those notions. And so that's when we get more active and vocal on particular files. But, uh, you know, when it comes right down to it, if, if they're doing things that allow business just to go about their business and, and be profitable and provide opportunity, provide jobs, provide um, taxation for, for the province to, to do good things with, to 
provide social programming, et cetera, et cetera. It, it just it all rolls and boils down to that uh, that one factor that you know we need business for this province to be viable, and, and if uh, our province and cities are doing things that are going to make things more challenging or difficult for businesses to operate in, well, guess what? Capital is is mobile. It's going to go to another jurisdiction where it is more accommodating for businesses to to be profitable and viable. Keith, this has been great. I appreciate you opening the door, letting us peek into your shop for the day and uh, see how things look from the business perspective uh, and the work that you and your team do. Thanks so much for taking the call. You're welcome. Thank you, Evan. Keith Moen is the Executive Director of the North Saskatoon Business Association. We started off talking about the fact that we're hearing that about 25% of all those SIBA loans were not repaid by the deadline, which means... Doesn't, it doesn't mean that that's the end of the day, but it does mean that those outstanding loans will start to accrue interest at 5% annually. The loans are due in full December 31st of 2026, unless the businesses were able to go into a bank and, and renegotiate it at, at a different rate or over a different time period because some were able and wanted to do that. But uh, all in all, I think you know what we saw, and Keith is able to illustrate that so well this morning, COVID really gave us an understanding of the importance of different parts of our community and small businesses and our business community in our province is definitely one of them. I think we have a whole new appreciation for what they do. We were talking about frontline workers, frontline workers through the pandemic included small business owners, grocery stores, gas stations, you name it. Those those were our frontline workers. And in many cases, we saw it was a very, very tough time for business owners as well. So interesting uh, to get Keith's perspective on it. Appreciate him weighing in and appreciate the fact that small business continues to play such an important role in our province every day. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Thanks for joining us this morning. Boy, this uh, was a big announcement yesterday. Lots of people very interested to watch as a federal court judge found that the Liberal government's use of the Emergencies Act to clear the truckers' convoy was unreasonable, unjustified, and violated the Charter. A lot of people are not surprised by that. You remember just after, in in the months that followed the the convoy being broken up and and, uh, that area being cleared out, the the Prime Minister appointed Justice Paul Rollo as the Commissioner of an Inquiry into the Invocation of the Emergencies Act. A year later, Justice Rollo came back with a report, a 2,000-page report, that I think had what I'm going to call very weak wording at best. So he said that the Trudeau government met the very high threshold for invoking the Emergencies Act, but then went on to say he reached his conclusion with reluctance and that reasonable, informed people could come to a different conclusion. (laughs) That that does not sound like someone to me who's very confident in the decision that he he was writing, and clearly a, uh, a federal court judge did come to a different conclusion. And the conclusion was that, yeah, this was not constitutional. This This was absolutely unreasonable, unjustified, and violated the Charter. So it, it's interesting to know, you know, how that might have unfolded and what that kind of the breakup of that protest would have looked like had they not go gone that route and just used the tools that were available to them. It's tough to speculate and surmise what, what that would look like. 
We wanted to get the uh, the feedback and the thoughts of a couple of people who uh, followed this closely for very different reasons. Chris Barber, uh, of course, was uh, was well known through this entire thing from Saskatchewan, but well known as being the Saskatchewan organizer and convoy leader. He and Tamara Leach are still going through that criminal trial in Ottawa for their role in the trucker convoy. We chatted with him earlier this morning, and we'll uh, we'll listen to that conversation coming up in a second. Also, checking in with Dwight Newman, who is a constitutional law professor at the University of Saskatchewan, to get his perspective on this extremely important ruling that came down yesterday. That's coming up just after lunch, right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.